Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark and today I'm talking to Catherine Kirby. How are you doing, Catherine? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Sorry, I just had a mouthful of wine. <laughs> nice, that's the way to do it. <laughs> well, I have a head start. <laughs> yeah, with the time difference, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. I, I'm just on Red Bull right now because it's 11 a.m. for me. <laughs> Yeah, no strawberry daiquiris for you. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I've tried to cut those out, and I haven't had a uh, strawberry for a long time now. Um, really? Yeah, well, I'm trying to get back into shape, because I, I really miss being fit. And yeah. I'm, like, just every day, like, further away from being fit. And But I, I do like getting a buzz on. <laughs> hey, little guy. <laughs> I know. This is the, also the problem with doing it slightly earlier. My son's still awake. So, um, yeah. Oh, my, my kids are trying to keep him. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Matt's trying to keep him entertained in uh, in the other room. Oh, no. Nice. Having to resort to tying him up to the radiator or something. Oh, at any moment, my kids could jump on the Wii in the the next bedroom over and start playing Super Smash Brothers, and they are super vocal when they do that. So. <laughs> We might get all sorts of children guest appearances today in the background. <laughs> <Very likely. laughs> but uh, yeah, what I was saying is part of me trying to get back uh, into shape is cutting out uh, the calories. And so the strawberry is like, ugh, they had to have been really bad. And, yeah. Al- hmm. That's the trouble with alcohol, isn't it? It's so damn fattening. <laughs> right. But the thing is, I don't actually drink that often. Um I'm drinking today, obviously, or having one now, because uh, helps calm the nerves slightly. Because um, I'm not used to doing these uh, these uh, guest appearances, but I'm very, very happy to be here. So, <laughs> and I'm super happy that you're here too. And um, for the second time, <laughs> second time lucky. <laughs> yeah, because oh. um, yeah, you're like uh, I believe that was the only lost Startcast episode ever, and <laughs> and that was a bummer too because we talked for like. She's like two and a half hours or something like that. Yeah. And it, and it was, was awesome. It was so cool. You had all those great stories about about your parents. And then we had, you know, just lots of random like parent talk and stuff like that. And <laughs> it was really cool. It was. I had so much fun. Yeah. I was so bummed out when I checked that recording the next day and it wasn't there. And I was like, no. <laughs> wow. And then I. Ah, oh, so slow. And then I wigged out and I was like, I am not using any recorders on my goddamn laptop ever again. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully it's working now, isn't it, Joe? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've you got promise. like a. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I swear, I'm going to hop on a plane, come over fun. to America with a big baseball bat. <laughs> well, the test recording worked. So. Hurrah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, even though you don't usually do um, podcasts and stuff like that, it was really, really cool that you wanted to do them. And, and I really appreciate you being on no, it's my pleasure. Um, it's my pleasure. <laughs> so, so we kind of know each other through the the leftover army on Facebook, both being fans of pop culture leftovers. Yes, yes. Um, we're friends with Dan West, and uh, that's how we sort of both Matt and I originally heard about the army, and uh, obviously pop culture leftover um, podcast. And it sort of grew from there, and all these fantastic relationships. Um, 
which it's just been incredible. It sort of feels like we found our, our tribe, as it were. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it does. It's, it's given a great deal of meaning to both of us and just to form the relationships we have with, with you guys. And um, I'm hoping at some point, if we ever manage to get a bigger place, we are hoping to put our house on the market next year. And if that happens, um, hopefully we'll have a spare bedroom and try and persuade you guys to come over. And uh, so you've got somewhere to come over and visit in the holidays. Um, but yeah, that, that that's the plan anyway. That would be amazing. I've, I've wanted to see England for so long. It's... Well, we're only... 50 miles from London so you know we're we're pretty much close to everything and um, we're not that far from the coast either so we've sort of got the best of both worlds I grew up in London right in the middle of central London actually and um, if you want an idea Baker Street so obviously you've heard of Sherlock Holmes okay um, sure but yeah just off the Baker Street and I lived there till um oh left about 19 years ago um just because Got fed up of London, hated it, wanted to get out. Just got really sick of it and wanted to get a bigger place with a garden because lived in a flat most of my life. And obviously the park's beautiful, but it's it's not the same as having, you know, a little garden of your own. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you got to share a public space with everybody else. Yeah. And... I think it's, I mean, it's mostly, you know, obviously had children. I just wanted to, you know, have a garden really more for them than anything. But I, I never, ever thought I would grow to hate London as much as I do. <laughs> I, I thought I'd always be a real Londoner through and through. And I am. I sort of, I do know London incredibly well. I know how to get everywhere in London. I'm like the human A to Z, if you want to call it, of, of knowing where places are in London. And so much so, I know London better than I know my hometown now. It's ridiculous. I've oh, always my been son's going to a... make an appearance again. <laughs> That's no worries. <laughs> it is mummy. <laughs> I told him it was going to be harder than he thought. <laughs> I love it when I'm right, Joe. I love it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy that level of satisfaction? Uh, I know. He's usually, I hate to say it, but he's usually right on so many things. So. <laughs> I'm just going to bask in his glory for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine feeling at home like in a big city because I've always been small town to where even when I'm in like big cities just on Iowa level, it still feels like, oh, my God, there's just too much. There's too much hustle and bustle and it's there's noise at all hours of the day and night and you can't see into the stars at night. And so yeah. I just, I don't know if I could ever feel at ease in a city. Like what, what, what was it like growing up in London? Like what was school like and stuff like that? It was lovely. Um, I mean, Oh God, it's, it was a long time ago. I was at school, but it was, it was a wonderful place to grow up. Um, everything was on your doorstep and obviously you've got London, especially with its history and its historic buildings. Um, it's, it's absolutely fabulous. Um, but it's, as I sort of got older, I did tend to find it was getting busier and busier. And London now is just, I mean, it's completely different. Unbelievably, it's completely different to how 
it was when I was younger because it's just so much more busier. It's like there's at least two or three times as many people as there used to be there. And that's that's been the biggest thing for me. It's it's when I go into town now, I find that my whole sort of attitude changes. I usually drive in, but I, I tend to find myself having to get into London mode driving and what that entails is getting slightly more aggressive <laughs> in, in my driving just because you'll get cut up by absolutely everybody. Um I I obviously don't drive dangerously, but you do have to um you know, not let people sort of cut you up the whole time and take advantage of you because you, you'd be like, what's that film, um, European Vacation, where they're stuck on that roundabout? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the Chevy Chase film, I'm thinking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he comes into London, it's nightmare driving. It'd be like that otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, American cities can be like that too, Bristol. I mean. The, it's it's not a place for the timid behind the wheel. All you're going to be doing no, is making it way worse for yourself. Yeah, no, it's not. But it's it is a lovely city, and the people are great. You know, it's it is melting pot, and that's fantastic because you know the more the merrier, and and that's great. But I think when you have children, you've got to think about obviously other things other than yourself, and it's you've just got to get a sort of more quieter life yourself and the children really so that was the reason behind moving out of london anyway yeah it's definitely not a bad reason i mean ha having grown up in an environment like that it's it's really cool i don't you know obviously i don't think i'd have like my love of the woods and stuff like that if i completely grew up in the city but yeah but you never know i mean my wife's really into into going on hikes and being out in the woods and stuff and she grew up you know, like on the edge of Cedar Rapids, which is one of the wow. biggest uh, cities in Iowa. Not saying much. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, you've got so much sort of vast expanse in America, and and the sea. I mean, it's beautiful out there, but it's such a contrast to sort of the city and sort of all the other areas you've got, like uh, the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's you couldn't get more one remote compared to the opposite scale of urban life you know as you can get oh absolutely and you don't have that in this country it's beautiful it's green it's sort of lush and there's lots of towns but there is the countryside but it's nothing on a scale to sort of what you guys have yeah there's just i mean you just compare the size of land masses <laughs> kind of oh, speaks God, for damn. itself but i mean there's so much more like rich history in england than there is for the united states <laughs> like that's something like ever since i was a kid like i was always tripping on like lots of you guys's myths and, and legends and stuff like that there's just so many like with the the druids and all that sort of stuff and the king arthur story yeah uh, it just seems like a crazy place to be like oh yeah there's, there's a castle like not that far away like the, a real fucking castle where at one time there was like <laughs> you know like actual like royalty in there and stuff and it's like that's like Lord of the Rings shit to me growing yeah, up in America. Yeah, but you've got amazing you know? history. You do have amazing history, though. Um, <laughs> even when you, you did all decide to leave us. <laughs> Traces. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, you have got an incredible history. I mean, uh, sort of better than Australia, let's face it. There's more culture in a yogurt pot than there is in Australia. <laughs> oh, wow, Australia hate. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I just mean that they they're so new. They they haven't got enough history. Oh sure. I, um <laughs> I'm throwing shade. Like, wow. 
a rivalry I didn't know no, about? No, no, no. I just, I, I promise you, I only meant in the fact that they, they are younger. Well, they're younger than America, aren't they? So. I think that would be the case, yeah. Yeah, they are. So <laughs> they haven't had enough time to build up their, their history yet, but. <laughs> the whole talk about the history of America thing it makes me think of uh, the Eddie Izzard stand-up special "Dress to Kill." Have you ever seen that? Oh one? yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> He's like, "You tear your history down, man!" <laughs> like they restored this building the way it was fifty years ago. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Oh, he's very funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great special too. He's doing the whole thing in drag oh. with heels on too. Yeah. But still not old yet. It still takes some getting used to, I think. Because I'm most of the time, whenever I see him on TV, he's very, very rarely in drag. But I mean, hell, he looks good in it. Yeah, and that but, was like the first thing I ever saw in that. I remember seeing that like in the. I had to have been right soon when it came out because it was in the '90s when I saw it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, who the fuck is this guy? He is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's fantastic. Very funny comedian. Yeah, it refers to I don't, haven't as... seen him in much lately. I know he's doing obviously mainstream films a lot more. Yeah, yeah, because he like showed up in like those Oceans movies, wasn't he? In like a couple yes. of those. Yeah, he was really good in those. And he had that uh, show. Was it? There was a TV show. I heard it was good, but I never watched it. it was called like The Riches or something like that. I don't know that one. Yeah, yeah, I heard he was good in it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. Yeah. Hmm. No, I don't know that one. <laughs> um, I remember in our last episode, you were saying that you got to see quite a bit of the world because you were a flight attendant for a while. <laughs> yes, I was. Um, <laughs> I couldn't yeah, remember. That... Did I Did I ask you if there was any crazy shit that happened when you were that? Or, or <laughs> I mean, like, that's got to be a wild job. It's very tiring. You don't see people at their best, unfortunately. Um, it, the only thing I can slightly equate it to is... Um, like transporting cattle <laughs> god i'm gonna come across as being so cutting tonight on this but i don't mean to at all no i can I just, totally see that having been on a 10-hour flight before <laughs> yeah people aren't in their best sort of frames of mind you've got nervous flyers i tended to find that quite a good percentage of people were nervous flying um which is understandable but um i think for me i i loved the whole thing with flying um it affords you obviously the luxury of being able to go to these amazing locations um but it's it's bloody hard work it's bloody tiring and i i used to be at the school where i used to thought oh god it's it's a piss easy job anybody could do it but it wasn't until you got into the training um which is quite intense it's about two months of training and that's that's all safety training um, it's not even, you know, doing the cabin sort of work, I, you know, the meals and everything else that you obviously need to do on plane. It is all safety training. It's knowing where each piece of equipment goes, um, which aircrafts there are and which aircrafts have specific equipment in it. For example, we used to carry defibrillators um, in only a couple of the aircrafts, but you had to know which aircraft they were being carried on. Um, so it was pretty pretty intense training and then after that you had two weeks of safety training in regards to if the passenger got ill um and then after that it was it was the sort of training of services as you would 
sort of call your day-to-day sort of duties on the aircraft so yeah hats off it's a hard job and um yeah it's 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 great fun it is really good fun it's like extreme customer service on one level <laughs> yes definitely absolutely because <laughs> you gotta like put up with all these people in a confined and you can't space. get away from them <laughs> yeah yeah there's no getting away and then you're also gonna have to like kind of be their part-time like waiter waitress yeah <laughs> and then also like yeah, like all the, I didn't even consider all the safety training on top yeah. of it. Yeah. No, you don't know. You really don't. But it is really, really in depth. And um, yeah, the training is impeccable. I couldn't fault that for anything. But I mean, as far as sort of hilarious stories go, well, I can't even think of one actually off the top of my head. Um, we had. <laughs> After everybody had been fed, um, you would tend to sort of, especially if it's a long haul flight, say states as such, you would then dim the lights because people sort of want to relax and try and go to sleep for a few hours. And on one of the flights, um, I remember hearing a story about the lights had dimmed and then one of the members of staff got on the intercom and thought they'd play a joke. Uh, and um they got on. They got on the headphone, obviously, and it, it gets messaged throughout the whole cabin. And they said something along the lines of, "Let me in, let me in." <laughs> like a couple of heads started poking up, saying, "What?" You know, looking around. Let me in, let me in. It's really cold outside. <laughs> People like looking out their windows, getting really freaked out. No shit. What the hell? <laughs> and you know, people amazingly, people were falling from it for it. So. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You were like twenty thousand feet up, people were still looking out the window. <laughs> That's super fucking creepy, though. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> I remember. Um... This would have been right after high school. I was working in a supermarket and it was a really big one that had like a floral shop in it. And the floral shop always closed early. And so yeah. I was working second shift just doing like stocking shelves, which was like stocking shelves was we'd be able to get the job done really damn quick. And then a lot of times we had this supervisor that like seemingly did not want to do anything more than what was on the schedule. Like there was no like, OK, there's free time. Let's figure out something else to do. He turned that into we we're playing Pac-Man because there was a big balcony that ran across the front of the store and then all the aisles like ran perpendicular to that and then all the manager's yeah. offices were up top. And so playing Pac-Man to him was like getting through the aisles without being <laughs> spotted. <laughs> but then after the store managers would leave, then it was like he was now the guy in charge of the store, this guy who didn't give a fuck. And so it was so much fun working with this guy. <laughs> it's always funny when you work with somebody memorable like that yeah yeah and it's like oh this is the guy that it's like hey if he says that we're gonna go into the floral shop and and hit the uh the uh helium tank and then make store announcements it's like <laughs> i guess that's what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> or like it, it was like so many pranks like originated out of the floral department we go in like prank call the deli department and shit it's like what are you doing dude <laughs> and you know it's like i'm like 18 or 19 years old so i'm like all right fuck it <laughs> excellent <laughs> oh, oh. oh god we didn't yeah, have anything so... creepy though 
crazy. <laughs> uh, you had said on the last episode that, because um, I, I was asking you about, like, I think uh, legends and stuff in your country. You had said it was the King Arthur one, right? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, I absolutely love the legend of King Arthur. Um, I mean, we've got, obviously, you've got Stonehenge, you've got the sort of derelict ruins as well as still working palaces that are a thousand years old like Windsor Castle so um, yeah I mean Christ it's uh, a lot of good stories um, I can't remember were we talking about King Arthur last time I'm pretty sure we did <laughs> I can't remember I don't it was think a good that. couple of months ago <laughs> I, I know I know it, it, it took me forever to it's, it's sad how long it took me to save up money <laughs> to get oh. this mixing board and stuff to, to like get this going the way I wanted to, but oh. I got majorly yeah. Well, I got majorly distracted by starting playing Magic again, and so then I was like, every time I'd have like thirty bucks, I'd be like, oh, it's time to go out and buy a bunch of cards. <laughs> it's like God yeah, Matt's it. just got me started on that actually. Oh, nice. Are you having fun with it? Um, I've literally I am still a newbie, so um, I'll let you know. But I'm enjoying it so far. That's really Definitely. cool. Yeah, Definitely. it's so much fun. Like, like Arena's okay, but it's so much more fun to play, like, with physical cards, like, across from somebody. Yeah. Matt does a lot of the tournaments um, that come up in sort of a town that's not too far from us, and uh, he enjoys that so much. But, but, yeah, he's just taught me the online version as well, just to get me up to spec, and because uh, it's quite good sort of teaching um, yeah. aid as well, really, isn't it? Doing it online like that. I've been teaching Lindsay how to play too, and so we've. Is she been, enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, she's been digging it so far. And mm. um, let's see, when I when I jumped back into it, I got this uh, kit called a Spell Slinger kit, and so it mm. came with two decks that were more or less evenly matched. And so we've been playing with those a lot, so that way it's like you know one of us doesn't have like a huge advantage over her, or you know over the other. Because they're using some constructed deck that's just got a whole bunch of, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, Matt said, explain that as well. Because I know with the Star Wars game that we were playing before, and especially when he's been doing the tournaments with Star Wars one, it was very, very unfair decks where you could, it, you sort of didn't, you could do cheating methods rather than playing it properly. And um, yeah, he used to get very frustrated with that. So. Yeah, there's all sorts of specialized constructed decks and magic that that are just there's some that are like in my opinion like they're not even that fun to play against. Like you get somebody that just has a bunch of cards where they're just removing your library and so they yeah. win by depleting all your cards. Yeah. But it's like yeah, how that's is that what fun for you? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, oh. that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. I mean, where's the fun in that? Yeah, I know, but but then I I'll run decks where it's like lots of red like aggressive like lightning attacks and shit like that and so lots of direct damage spells and so maybe that's frustrating to lose against too i can totally <laughs> see the flip side of that coin <laughs> but i mean oh. that shows how versatile the game is so. yeah but no it's all new early days for me but i'm i am enjoying it so far it's just getting the time more than anything um because i work full time and obviously i've got the kids as well when i get back from home so it is just literally trying to find the time but we also try and make um time to go to the cinema um which obviously is our greatest sort of um love because we've got um 
you've probably got them in America, actually. You know, the membership cards for the cinema, and you can go and see unlimited films. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember, like, everybody was real high on Movie Pass for a while, and then it spectacularly failed here. Oh, yeah, didn't I? <laughs> yes, that's right. I have heard that. Oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, so we, is it we completely broken, then? Uh, I, I think Movie Pass is pretty much dead. I, th- I think it's just kind of the butt of jokes now. Oh, no. Uh, but there, there's other things that people use. I, I've never had one. I'm, I I just get to the movies. I mostly try and go for like the superhero ones, but otherwise I tend to just more watch movies at home. Yeah. Uh, gosh, there's that, that one new one. There's a new King Arthur one coming out, right? Like the, It's called The Boy Who Would Be King. Oh, God, you're talking about the shit version. <laughs> I've just, oh, God, it's absolute pants. Did Is that the Taron Edgerton one? No, but it's all the trainer, and it's absolute pants. No, um, that was the Robin oh, no, Hood one, terrible. right? terrible. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, Was Cross. <laughs> you're right, it's Robin Hood I'm thinking of. Yeah. And I don't know about a King Arthur one. Who's going to be in that, then? It's it's like a, um, it looks like it's a marketed to kids movie, where it's like oh, this, okay. this like boy that's getting bullied in school like finds like Excalibur in the middle of like a construction site or something like that. And he goes and pulls it out. And then I think Merlin appears and is able to like shape shift and oh, stuff like yes. that. And then I did see a trailer for that. Yes. Yeah. I saw a trailer for it before. Um... Oh shit. Some movie I saw recently. It was probably into the spider verse. I, I think. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I'm so wish I could have seen that. Oh, it was so good. Oh, no, I was really <laughs> bummed out. I had to miss that one. I think our, our son was unwell or something. Um, my husband ended up going by himself. And then he came back and he went, oh, that was the best film I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I missed out on that one. They're not showing it anymore, so I've got to wait for that on DVD. Yeah, that's one that I'll be picking up right away when it comes out. Yeah. It was... It was it's a very interesting movie it doesn't look like really any of the other comic book movies we've seen so far it does look visually beautiful stunning so um yeah now so, i've heard wonderful things <laughs> so what's something that you guys have saw, went and seen recently uh we went and saw stan and ollie and we also went to go and see uh, mary queen of scots um which i would say just leave don't even bother seeing that one wait till it comes out on dvd it was it was visually beautiful the casting was very good i mean the performances were very good but the story was just lacking um and even sort of dragging and so much so even a woman sort of sitting next to matt fell asleep so if that tells you anything oh wow yeah um so yeah but stan and ollie that was brilliant um Personally, I was a massive fan of, of Lauren Hardy because I grew up. My father was loved them and uh, sort of brought me up on on watching Stan and Ollie. And um, so it was sort of I, I did want to see it um, for that alone. My father passed away about six years ago, but it was a bit of a nice reminder for me to go and see that film and just uh, see see them in action again. And the performances were incredible. Um, just both of them, really. I couldn't fault either of them. Steve Coogan sounded exactly like Stanley. Um, and sorry, I can't remember the other actor's name. John, is it John? Can you remember his name? John? 
I'm not sure. Is it like the comedic actor? So would it be John, yes. is it John C. Riley? Or or yes. was he in something else? Because uh, wasn't he also in that? Uh, would have been like a Sherlock Holmes movie came out that was like kind of. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Apparently is it the same guy? Done terribly. Yes, it is. Okay. It okay. Is. <laughs> um, yes, it's John C. Riley. I've just googled it. Um. Yeah, he was incredible. Just the makeup on it was outstanding. Um, just brilliant. Um, and it, but it was just, it was taken from a snippet of of a time period. Uh, I think it was the nineteen sort of fifties, uh, late nineteen forties, fifties, when they visited England. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was lovely. So I highly recommend it. That's awesome. I, I've never seen any of the original Lauren and Hart. Oh, you're kidding. No. Got to. What would be the I best put, one, that, or what would be your biggest recommendation? There's one called Toad in the Hole, um, which is really good. I actually showed it to my daughter yesterday, um, just because it, I did buy my father the box set of all their films, and uh, I decided I wanted to watch one yesterday. I put it on for my daughter because she's never seen one. And she's 12, and I was expecting her not to sort of appreciate it at all. But, you know, it it sort of spans the decades, that type of humour, because it's slapstick. I love slapstick, personally, but it really did sort of it overcame the time period. And it doesn't matter how many years passed, it's still funny. Um, and so, I'd, yeah, I'd highly recommend you watch it if you can at all. Um, just brilliant. Really good. Nice. But I was... Cool. I was I was brought up on it, so comedy I've loved, especially sort of slapstick. I love Chaplin as well. I love Harold Lloyd. God, I sound like I'm fucking ancient. I'm not, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, my father. Oh well, my father was fifty when I was born, so yeah, there was he's sort of a couple of generations ahead of me. But obviously, he was showing me things that meant a lot to him, and I sort of I'm very thankful for that as far as sort of my tastes are considered because it means that I've got such a wider appreciation of love for not only new stuff or stuff from relative past, but I've got an appreciation from things that are much, much older and date further back. Um, and obviously this was from the 1930s. And uh, Yeah, brilliant. But yeah, please do. Do yourself a favour. Just, you know, even if you watch one, they're, they're only short. They're about 20, 30 minutes long maximum. So, yeah. That's awesome. They're brilliant. Are there any on, yeah. like, YouTube or anything like that? Yes, there are. And okay, there are cool. some remastered ones as well, so you don't have to go out and buy them. Just Google it, go on YouTube, and you'll be able to find them. That's that's one of the coolest things as a parent is, like, exposing your kids to stuff like that that, you know, this isn't something that's just going to be on regular tv that they might you know they may or may not stumble upon it themselves but to actually yeah yeah because i've done that like important. with star wars with my kids yeah exactly and i feel that's very important as well because my children whether it's been musically or or a film i've always made sure that i've tried to just sort of educate them in the wider sort of because they wouldn't know about these things otherwise um and all the films i grew up on like, you know, the original sort of Superman with Christopher Reeves was like the very first film I went to go and see. Um, I think I was about four years old. Um, and that's always stayed with me. And I just want my children to have, 
they may not have a love for it, but I'd like to think they'll have an appreciation of it. And I, I have got sort of, I've got four children and the two older ones have sort of grown up now and they've got to the age where they're sort of watching the things that they like, but they do have a love of everything that I've sort of like to think influenced them with. Um, with these older things so it is nice because it carries on doesn't it it's um otherwise it would be lost yeah yeah i, I mean like uh, i haven't gone back and watched them again for a while but like if i think of like old cary grant comedies and stuff oh, that's yeah. like movies that i watched with my dad when i was a yeah. kid like yeah uh, and that's that's what my mother did with me do you remember the one with the submarine where they end up painting it pink is that like operation it, petticoat I, it might be yes, um, I don't, <laughs> or Father I don't Goose. The one where he's like, I was gonna say, yeah, that one's great. <laughs> yeah, like still funny. Like it, I mean, it's yeah. been a while since I watched it, but like I'll still think of lines from that and I'll laugh. <laughs> it's funny you've mentioned like two of the ones I haven't really seen, but I've seen yeah all of the old Hollywood, um, the Philadelphia Story. Have you ever seen that one with Carrie? Grant, James Stewart, and Catherine Hepburn. I don't think Hepburn. I've seen that one. That is a the original. Well, it came before um, High Society with Grace Kelly. Okay. It's exactly the same story, but it was it was the one that came before it, um, and that's brilliant. But my mother again, she used to sort of we would sit down on the sofa on a Sunday, and we would just sit and watch one of the sunday movies that came on and that was usually an old black and white film or you know something like giant with um elizabeth taylor and rock hudson you know all these old movies so i've absolutely had a love of the older movies as well um so yeah brilliant and and i sort of matt's pretty good because he's he's got an incredibly fast knowledge of films anyway but i sort of feel like my film knowledge of older films supersedes his in a way only because he wasn't brought up on on that sort of spectrum of the black and white films um but between us we sort of we know quite a fucking lot about <laughs> about films um don't want to play like couples movie trivial pursuit with you and me yeah probably is what you're not, saying <laughs> actually yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I remember from the last podcast, like, like your mother had like a real close connection to like the old Hollywood stuff, right? It was more my father actually. Um, my mother. Well, I, it's so funny because I, I don't know if I said it to you before, but I've got friends who, very close friends, who don't actually know any of this because it's it's just never sort of I've never felt the need to bring it up in conversation. <laughs> but my mother, um. I'm very proud of it. She actually got discovered when she was 16 by a scout from Universal Studios. And they signed her up. She had a Hollywood contract. And this would have been in 1946 um, when she was 16. And um, she was too young to go over to the States. Uh, so they decided to do her training in Hendon, where Rank Film School had a had a, well, I had a film school. <laughs> um, and I was trying to think, she just tell me who she used to go to school with. This is the most impressive one. Um, Christopher Lee um, used to give her piggybacks to school, as it were. <laughs> How cool is that? That is amazing. It is incredible. So jealous. 
And uh, <laughs> Diana Dawes, have you ever heard of Diana Dawes? She was like a British sex symbol over here. No, I, um, I she's, don't think so. She was probably the closest you would equate her would be Jane Mansfield. She was like our version of Jane Mansfield. Diane Dawes? Diana Dawes. Uh, Dawes spelled D-O-R-S. You Google her. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so she went there, and then she—I don't—I don't know the exact story. I know they wanted to sort of change things about her. I think they wanted to. <laughs> she had like a real wanted... Marilyn Monroe look to her. Yes, she did. She did a bit. I'd say more Jane Mansfield, but I suppose yeah. You yeah, know. yeah, definitely pretty. But my mum was quite good friends with her. But she, she, she did a few films. Um, she, you've, you've got, you've got a later version that you'll probably know. Vice versa, I think. Is it? Okay, yeah, the one where the the father and son switch bodies. Yeah, who was in that? Is it Judge Reinhold? Uh-huh. Who was in the later. She was in the earlier version. That's cool. She was also in a St. Trinian's film. Um, she did another couple of films. One one of them is with Diana, Diana Dawes. Um, but for the most part, they were just bit parts. Um, she got married to my father when she was 18 and uh, had a baby um, a year later. But, but she decided she wanted to do modelling instead. So that was the avenue that she went down instead. And then... Well, what happened? Sorry, I'm just trying to think. She got offered to do some work in New York, so she went over for six weeks, and she actually got offered more. And if she stayed, she was said, "Look, if you come over here to work, we we can give you so much work." So she went home after the six weeks was up. And she spoke, talked to my father, and they decided that they thought it would be a, a really good opportunity so they moved over to america and this would have been at the end of the 40s early 50s and uh they lived out in new york for about uh how long did they live out there for about 12 years i think um i think they came back after kennedy got assassinated but yeah she did really well she was she was she was a model out there and um worked for eileen ford models um, but it was ironically, it was my father who, who I think personally had the much more exciting career. Um, when he got over to, when they got over to New York, uh, he obviously needed to work. And the first job he got out there, uh, was for Macy's department store. Um, <laughs> they were, li- <laughs> they, they were interested because he was an Englishman and they wanted him to sell fine English china. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they wanted to put that accent to work. <laughs> yeah, they obviously did. So he started working there. I don't think it was, you know, I don't think it was uh, fulfilling him uh, much um, career sort of prospects wise. Um, so <laughs> my mother was working for a photographer called Irving Penn. And um, she asked him about sort of my father and sort of prospects for because he had a great love for photography and was very interested and so Irving Penn decided to take my father on as his first student um so he worked for Irving Penn for quite a few years and then he progressed and uh worked for um Bert Stern um 
and they were I don't know if you're sort of aware of sort of um, who they are sort of but if you're in the field they're both sort of very big names um, incredible photographers okay and that's great sounds that, like he had my, some great teachers then. well yeah he did but he saw all of most of old Hollywood um, stayed the weekend with the Marx Brothers um, met Cary Grant Audrey Hepburn uh, was on the Cleopatra set when they were filming that. Oh, wow. And um, gave Elizabeth Taylor a lift to Italy when they were first started shooting it in Italy. He, um, he gave her a lift from somewhere like Milan to, I don't know, somewhere else. It was like a good two hour drive. Oh, that's cool. Um, and he said, he said she was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen, but she had a mouth on her like a navvy. It's <laughs> 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 like, the language coming out of it, he just, just, oh. <laughs> but, I mean, there are sort of other stories. Um, he met up again with her when she was with Richard Burton in um, in the Savoy in London. I think it was after Cleopatra had finished filming and they were taking more photographs. And he went and knocked with Bert on the hotel door and she sort of, she was being really difficult and sort of didn't want to know. And so they ended up going and tapping on Richard Burton's door. And he was absolutely lovely and said, oh, is she being difficult? I'll sort her out. And then he sort of went into her room. She was as nice as pie to them afterwards. <laughs> and then they went down to the restaurant and uh, it was like nine o'clock in the morning. So they went to go and get some breakfast and Richard Burton joined them. And <laughs> the waiter came up and asked them what they wanted. And Richard Burton said, beer. <laughs> <laughs> and the waiter said, "Well, it's nine o'clock in the morning, sir." And he went, "Beer." <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes, sir. <laughs> so it's just, um, yeah. But I mean, the biggest, oh, the biggest story I could probably tell you is um, my father, when he was working for Bert Stan, it was probably 1962. They took the last editorial photos of Marilyn Monroe six weeks before she died and it's called the last sitting if anybody is interested in googling it um and it was yeah she was very sweet apparently um my father found her to uh, not be depressed but he, he said there was a great sadness about her i know her sort of hair was so over bleached it was sort of falling out a bit and i know the hairstylist was having a few problems um sort of with her hair but she was she was an absolute sweetheart apparently and um when my father got home um from obviously doing these photographs um with Burks my father my father at that time was like the studio manager so whenever I look at these photos I sort of they more than anything remind me of my father because he set up the cameras he set up the lighting so I know for my own sort of not smugness, but my own pride in my father. Um, I, I'm very proud when I look at these photos because they look the way they do because of my father. The feel, the lighting. Um, obviously, he didn't take photos, but took the photos, but they look the way they do because of my father. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. But anyway, um, he got home and um, got in and saw my mother. And my mother was obviously very beautiful and I she didn't have anything to be worried about because my father loved her so much, but he got home and he said to my mother something along the lines of, 
she's very lovely. She's very sweet and she could really do with a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> My mother went, oh, yeah, well, you want to be her friend, I suppose. And she got one of these great big American milk bottles. You know, those really heavy fucking ones that yeah. you have out there. And she held it at his head. <laughs> <laughs> And she said it wasn't till six weeks later when Marilyn then obviously died from the apparent suicide that she realised what my father was actually saying. Um, he just, you know, she could have done with a good friend. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Um, so, yeah, I think my father... Um, God, he seesawed so much. And it, and it was a beautiful... I mean, let's face it, at that time, the whole old Hollywood and you know the 50s 60s I think it was it was a lovely time to be around I think I'd love to have seen it personally um but yeah what fun I would have given anything to have seen that and for years and years and years we tried to get my dad to write all these stories down um but we could never ever do that he was never ever interested in doing it so so I just have to recall all of this by memory so. <laughs> yeah it's sad, really, because well, it, it would have made a fantastic book. book. Yeah. Well, it would have, for my father's case, because obviously not only that, but he lived through World War II and he was in the RAF. He was a navigator in the RAF. Um, so the things he sort of would have saw with that as well. He recalled, he did tell me about walking down Oxford Street where Selfridges was. It's a massive, famous department store in London and seeing it on fire, all of Oxford Street on fire and just... You know, just incredible times to have been alive in, to have witnessed um, in our history. So, yeah, I'm not jealous much. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but now, obviously, the, the I whole... want to see a terrible sight like a street on fire, but I just mean, you know, having those experiences. No, I just... know what you mean, because when you mentioned that he was a World War II vet also, that was, I was like, wow, that adds a whole nother layer to it. It does, doesn't it? But, you know, he never really talked about that, so, which is understandable. I think it's it's a hard experience for any vet to go through. And, and, but it's, um, no, he had, he had a full life, a really full life. And I think, you know, God, I think most people would be lucky to have such a full life. Absolutely. And, man, I wonder if Kennedy hadn't been assassinated, if they would have, ended up sticking Stayed. around in the states yeah i do wonder that myself i do wonder that you'd be two describing... of my sisters would wonder yeah i was gonna say you'd be describing yourself as like oh yeah i know every bit of new york <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i like living upstate where there's I'd a know yard rebecca. You know? yeah rebecca as well be going for tea and lunch with her best buds <laughs> <laughs> well you'd be going for like coffee um, instead right <laughs> yep <laughs> oh yeah yeah because like tea is such a like a that's like a it's real an english thing isn't it yeah it's yeah. a real english staple isn't it i know it's lovely though nice cup of tea and piece of cake can't beat that <laughs> i love hot tea it was like one of the mm -hmm. best things ever i used to always take that with me if i'd go out hiking in the winter i'd take a thermos full of hot tea nice and, like, other guys would have like hot cocoa or hot coffee or something like, what do you got i'm like tea why <laughs> i'm like because it's fucking awesome <laughs> Like it's just black tea, it's like not green. I don't, I've never... Oh, so no milk? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no milk. I, I just, I drink my tea just plain. Um... So is 
do, do Americans just drink their tea with, with well, just no milk? Uh, Is that the English thing to have milk then? It, it could be. Maybe it could be also that I just don't hang out with that many. I don't run in that many circles where people talk about drinking tea. Yeah. But um, uh, with me, the first, and this is kind of silly, but the first time I ever had a hot tea was at a Chinese restaurant. Because they would really? always, yeah, they would always put out like a complimentary little pot of hot, it'd just be like a black tea. And okay, they just have it. What, the jasmine of, tea. I don't know. Were there any sort of leaves in it? Uh, no, no, you wouldn't have to worry about any leaves or anything, like any dredges in the bottom of the pot or anything. And it wasn't like a sweet tea, it was just like a, it, it just tasted like hot sun tea, basically. Okay. But, and, uh, but I always really enjoyed that. And then, you know, I grew up drinking sun tea in the summertime, and a, a lot of people like sweetened tea, but I, I don't like it, it has to, it, yeah, it, like I tried green tea and I didn't even like that for the same reason, it had like a sweet taste to it. Yeah. So I can't even imagine putting milk in it, but I mean, I guess that makes sense because people put milk. In, I put milk in coffee, so yeah. Well, we sort of do in our standard tea, uh, sort of called a builder's tea, um, and that's just it'd be like an English breakfast tea. You tend to have milk, but if you have anything that's more floral, as it were, like an Earl Grey, then you can just not do with the milk at all. It, you know, you can, but it's probably nice without it. <laughs> So do you have like a, a time of day that you'd kind of stick to out of habit with that or? No, but I think the British tend to have like five or six cups of tea a day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me with coffee. Right? It is really, but it's, it's obviously hasn't got the intensity of coffee. Um, I mean, coffee's brilliant. That's that, that is my wake up juice now. Um, having coffee, but the rest of the day would be tea because it's obviously not so heavy on the caffeine. As yeah. much as coffee is. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of a caffeine junkie. Oh God, so am I. <laughs> Coke. It's usually Coke, Diet Coke, anything. Soft um, drinks. Well, tea. Well, it's, it's, speaking of Coke, that's like the the drink that I switched to is now Captain and Coke. And well, at really? first it started with Captain and Coke Zero, because I'm like, right. okay, there's no calories in the Coke Zero. And it's, I like the Coke Zero. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not as good as Captain and like regular coca-cola yeah which which all have nights where i'm like yeah I'm, I'll, I'll just stop and get a 20 ounce of coca-cola <laughs> and then when like, you're that'll saying, be enough for like two drinks and then i'm when good. you're when you're saying captain captain morgan are you, you are i thought you were okay i just wanted to clarify <laughs> yeah yeah so, so that's what i've left <laughs> strawberries for <laughs> oh okay not jack and coke then no i oh, oh my god i don't you you have to fool me. Like I have to fool my te my taste buds to be able to like get drunk. It's like if I can taste the alcohol in it, like like I I could never just do a shot of whiskey. Like I would want to die afterwards. I'd be like, oh my god, that taste is in my mouth. Like I'm gonna bleh, I'm gonna fucking hurl. Tequila uh, is the only one I cannot drink. <laughs> if I go anywhere near tequila, I'm violently ill. It's horrible stuff. <laughs> is it because you got violently ill, Ill off yes. at one point? I'm, I'm exactly <laughs> there. <laughs> I remember at one point in my life, like doing shots of tequila, where you just like you know salt, tequila, lime, and then yeah. be like, "This is the best tasting thing I've ever had." Oh my god, it's so easy to get drunk. And then I got way too cocky one night where I did enough of the shots that then I was just drinking it straight out of the bottle. Oh, oh God. And it was, it was in me. Oh, it's turning my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it was in me and Lindsay's first little one bedroom apartment. 
and like her younger brother was over hanging out with us and he was just a teenager at the time and he was egging me on the entire time (laughs) because i'd never been much of a drinker and so he'd never see me get buck wild like that i'm usually you know a a little bit more reserved and i was like throwing (laughs) caution to the wind and i I remember him standing in the doorway of the bathroom laughing hysterically at me while i was just hurling my guts out (laughs) and ever since then i'm like nope like if if i if I go to a Mexican restaurant and I order a margarita and it's too strong, like I just push it across the table to Lindsay. Like, yeah. I'm like, here's your bonus one. I hope you enjoy a blended one. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny enough. My memories of tequila is hurling actually after that. It was, it was the drink to finish all the drinks I'd had previously that night. It just, it was, oh my God. <laughs> it was the I've never touched it. Back. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I've never been so violently sick in all my life i will spare you the details trust me <laughs> just trust me on this it was oh my god it was heinous <laughs> yeah, that, that's usually the like my uh, my intense dislike uh, of being sick like that has yeah. led to me being like a very cautious drinker for, for much of my <laughs> life like i've only gotten so sick or so drunk that i threw up like a, a handful of times oh. because i i just I, I I've learned to fear and respect it. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, that the time I'm mentioning was when I was working for Virgin, so it was when we went out the Gavin crew. And oh my god. Oh no, so then yeah. you had to be hung over on a plane the next day? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. interruption. <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> How's he doing? He's doing all right. That's good. We should have the look in his eyes. It was like, "Mommy, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny." Does he seem to automatically gravitate towards asking you for more things and stuff like that? Um, like if you and Matt are both in the room. No, I don't think so. Not anymore. Um, I think we're both as likely to probably give in to him. <laughs> like I've definitely noticed that like with with our younger one so with our 8-year-old like me and him were I taught both the boys how to play magic also and so oh, really? yep, so me and Liam are playing magic one night we're like literally sitting making eye contact and he like leans forward to look at Lindsay sitting on the couch in the in the living room and he's like mom I'm thirsty and I'm like I'm right in front of you <laughs> Like she's not even in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) I can get you chocolate milk, dude. (laughs) Yeah, we'll probably get to that at some point, but he seems to we're pretty much on a level pecking for him, I think. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Yeah. God, but boys. Oh god. Nobody told me what boys were like. They're so different to girls. That's all I know. Like I, I have uh, my my one niece is a little girl, and so when the boys are hanging out with her, that then I I notice the differences. And yeah, they're great. Girls are great, and then they get to be about thirteen, fourteen, and then they're a nightmare. No, <laughs> no. But you have all that lovely childhood, pretty dresses, the playing, you know, dolls. You have all the sweetness and light, and then it's like, oh God, get away from me! <laughs> and they're fourteen because they're just turning into these 
vile creatures who answer back and then it stays like that and they fight over absolutely anything hairbrushes the most stupid and name things they'll just fight over <laughs> it's like oh god save me but that's just part of having siblings though too like like the boys will argue over like the silliest things but yeah like, but i, I, I know. how how often do the the girls' fights get like violent where they're like hitting each other they don't get violent, but they're sort of whiny. <laughs> it's just like moaning and arguing, and it's just oh, nitpicking the whole time. But and it doesn't get better. You think, oh, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. They're still doing it. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, but boys, from what I understand, are difficult in the beginning, and then it's plain sailing. All right. So, that means I got like smooth sailing coming up ahead of me at some point. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I have I'm started... gonna hold you to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've just told you that, I'm holding you to it. <laughs> I have started worrying about oh my god, what's it gonna be like when they're like in their teens? Because like like if they'll get in an argument or something like that and one of them will stomp them back to the room and slam their door and it's like, Oh, oh my gosh, like that is what my dad was always bitching about. Stop slamming doors. <laughs> my cousin said to me that you have to, tr this is going to sound absolutely awful, but she was right. She said you have to treat them like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take them out and walk them and just run them out and use all their energy for hours. That is true. They're just, they're just so hyped up otherwise. Um, <laughs> and it, it, that's how my son is. He's absolutely a fucking ball of energy. So, you know, we've just got to wear him out. It's the only way to sort of keep them happy. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Like, like I'll think that all the time. It, it's like if the little one is like methodically gone around the house and fucked with every single person and pet in here. Where it's like, dude, you need to go outside and run around so you're exhausted. Come on, we're, we are going to go outside and we're not coming back in for a little while. Oh, bless him. <laughs> but I will say one thing. Boys seem to me, after having girls... They're so much more loving and affectionate than girls are. And he's always sort of coming up to me and giving me a hug or giving me a kiss on the cheek. And it's so sweet. Aww. Um, and I can see why some mothers get very, you know, overprotective about their sons. I personally don't want to be one of those mother-in-laws. But I can see why mothers um, do get a bit more protective over the boys. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I, I see that with the, with the kids, especially when they're more tired. It's almost like a cat that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so sweet when you're sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> you want to cuddle and there's no claws oh, out. Yeah. There's no, like, like bite that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> How's your little... You got... Oh God, is it a dog you got or a cat? Uh, yeah, we, we got a kitten at the beginning it's of kitten. August. Or kind of mid-August. No, we okay. We're thinking he was born right at the end of July, and we got him when he was, I think, around six weeks old. So this would have been, yeah, it was it was right around the end of August that we got him. Right. And um, yeah, he's he's all white, and he's kind of got facial features like a Persian cat, where oh, he's got like the the okay. long hair that comes out of the ears and then downturns. Yeah. And his uh, his tail keeps getting bigger and bigger, so he's probably gonna have one of those like longer, real puffy tails. <laughs> and oh he's so like long already and really yeah he's probably gonna end up being a big boy yeah um, his name's jack he's he's such a sweetie when he's sleepy 
<laughs> do you prefer cats then or dogs um well okay so we've also got a shih tzu uh named emma and we've mm. had her since we got her in 2006 so she's she's um she's old enough to where she definitely doesn't like playing with jack it almost looks more like on the discovery channel when you see like a lion trying to take down an elephant and it like jumps on the <laughs> elephant's back and it's like holding on around the neck and the elephant just starts real fast walking away oh, like this isn't happening this isn't happening <laughs> that, that's what it looks like uh-huh. and so it's like emma it's like yeah jack's a big kitty but it's like the the times that she does lose it and she growls at him, he'll run off onto the couch right away and shit. Oh, okay. So um, she can still hold her own then. Yeah, but it's like she seemingly doesn't. <laughs> like, Why do you let him pick on you? But I I think my experience is having Emma just all by herself for as long as we did, and then now this short amount of time that we've had Jack, Jack is so much more maintenance free. Like he 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 goes off and like you know he has his little litter box that he uses and. He's seemingly a lot less needy than mm. than Emma. Yeah, they all could line up. Yeah, but but I mean Emma's such a sweetie too. Like she's like a little daddy's girl. She she would be in here laying at my feet right now if I'd let her in. But I have mm. wood floors, and it sounds like she's fucking tap dancing when she gets <laughs> nervous. It's, it's like no, can't have that in the background. Oh, uh, but, I don't I don't mind either. Actually, I haven't got a. I tend to gravitate towards dogs slightly, but I do love cats as well. But I wish we had one, but we can't really because we're both working full time. So it's it's just I don't want to leave a you know a pet alone. Well, a dog alone anyway. Yeah. In the house because I just think it's very unfair. Um, yeah, you can totally get away with a end. cat doing that because oh yeah, would, you know you got a cat flat and they look after themselves, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, exactly. They never come back for food. Let's face it, <laughs> or to bring you. Bring you gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we decided that Jack's going to be like an indoor cat only. Um, when when I was growing up, we had cats that were indoor, outdoor, and they were, you know, I could think of a handful of them where they went out one night and we never saw them again. Really? And that's something that that I don't want to happen. Well, we lived right on the edge of town, and so it was like if their range went out to the west a little bit and they had to cross yeah. that road, they were having to cross a highway where cars were doing you know the speed limit was 55 miles an hour so i mean people were cooking yeah and so it is a really good chance that they got hit by a car or something like that but but i i didn't want to have to go through that with jack and also when we got him he was we got him from my parents's backyard because there was a litter of strays that were born under their garden shed and so they had all these little kittens running around their backyard and so Mm. when we got jack he was just covered in ringworm and so we, everyone in the house had ringworm for like a month and a half. It sucked. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then looking at the way he looks now is he's, you know, his coat is like very luxurious and thick and everything. And when we look back to pictures where he was a kitten, it was like, oh my God, he looked like such a mangy, gross little cat you wouldn't <laughs> want to touch. But we were all like nuzzling up with this teeny little kitty. Oh, it, was, oh. it was not good. We went through lots of uh, <laughs> whatever that shit is that you have to put on ringworm but Loacherman. <laughs> All right. Lots and lots of Loacherman. <laughs> uh, totally worth it, though. I mean, I, I could have never, before it happened, I, I wouldn't have imagined, like, loving a cat that much. Like, like as quickly as we did. Like, he, he very quickly became endeared to everyone in the family. Oh, they are. They are family, aren't they? They're just, um, you're making me jealous. I'd, I'd love to get, <laughs> I'd love to get a pet. We just, no, can't do it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the timing and everything has to be right, mm. especially if you're going more towards a dog. 
I, I get yeah. kind of bummed out when when people who are like super on the go are like, oh, I got a puppy. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, no, you've got to be fair that? to it. You've got to have the time because they get lonely. They do get lonely and then they get upset and stop tearing your place apart because they're getting so. <laughs> and, but yeah. I want, I mostly want one to for my son. I just think it would be, you know, it'd be like a little buddy for him. Oh, absolutely. Because they're such lovely companions, I think. Yeah, I had, when I was born, my mom and dad had a border collie named Dusty. And <laughs> and Dusty immediately decided that, like, he was my protector. And so oh. my mom's a really good artist, and she has sketches of of me laying on my side and Dusty laying on his side with, like, his face, like, like almost touching mine. See, that's what I mean. Yeah. I love that. And then, yeah, I got lots of memories of, like, running around in the woods and stuff out of the cabin playing with that <laughs> dog. He was cool. <laughs> I also got memories got of me- him finding, like, families of baby bunnies and eating them all. It's <laughs> so oh. like, oh, yeah, dogs. <laughs> they do <Yeah>. that. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, I, I have memories of uh, me trying to ride our dog because it was a Great Dane. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Oh, especially the Great Dane. Yeah, huge dog. Those are so cool. They're very emotional dogs from the ones that I've seen. Yeah, they are. They're very playful. They're not. They're not vicious at all. Even though I know, obviously, people treat them as guard dogs, but I don't think they make very guard dogs. They're very soppy. They are soppy. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it like, try and massive. sit on your lap like it's a lap dog, and it's like yeah, you yeah, it are does. huge. Why are you cuddle? I mean, I like it. I appreciate you want to cuddle with me. <laughs> yeah, I know they are huge, and the I mean the bill of food because you've got to give them proper meat as well. Oh yeah, canned shit. <laughs> don't you also want to get like the raised food dishes? Because otherwise, it's like they're having to like, yeah, bend yeah. down too far I to think get off the hips, floor. Yeah, I think their tendency to um, wear their hips out actually on Great Danes, but and they don't have an incredibly long life either. They live at about eight nine years, so it's not particularly long. No, that oh, and for me, you're just setting yourself up for heartbreak. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Because that's kind of the same thing. For a while, I was really obsessed with wanting to get an English bulldog. And then, yeah. you know, they're, they're kind of that same way. They got the shorter lifespan. They got issues with their hips and with their breathing. Yeah. It's like the pug dogs. My daughter would absolutely kill for a pug. But their breathing is terrible. Because yes. I just, oh, they sound like they're having asthma attacks the whole time. I know. It's like they need a CPAP machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, terrible. <laughs> uh, my cousins always had pugs, and I always loved going over there. Cause they, they... <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, you're so ugly that you're adorable. <laughs> you know. <laughs> they have grown on me, actually, I've got to say. Yeah. I... But they are bloody weird-looking things, aren't they? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the comic book store that I have my pull list at, the owner has the biggest pug named Paxton and she is such a sweetie. And oh. like every time I go in there, it's like if Paxton's in the store, like she comes running up to me, like wanting petted and when we're in <laughs> shorts, she wants to like lick my leg. I'm like, all right, that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like those dogs, but they are ones that I would describe. That way. <laughs> People are like, Oh, that's mean. I'm like, no, it's okay. I guess that's maybe an underhanded compliment, but it's like was... They just look like that somebody shut their face in a car door, don't they? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just, just so weird. 
Shih Tzu's kind of got that truncated face as well, not to the extent <laughs> of a pug, but but I totally think Emma looks like an Ewok all the time. <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had Aiden's eleventh birthday party last night at uh, at Lindsay's mom and dad's, and just kind of lucked out that uh, the original Star Wars trilogy was playing on TNT. So, oh, really? Yeah, so I kind of as the party was going on was also half watching empire and Jedi. <laughs> oh, it was so cool. But, but man, I have the, uh, uh, the despecialized versions of them on my computer. And so it's been a long time since I'd watched the ones with the, uh, do you mean before they, um, redid them with yes. Aiden, not Aiden, um, with... Christian. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the ending, the alternative, the original ending, you mean? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, it didn't have the bullshit yeah. scene that they added in, <laughs> in fucking Jabba's Palace with the disgusting CGI character, like, singing and, like, Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hated that shit. <laughs> uh. It was like, man, like, it, he just went too far. It was like, you know, I'm, I think the, the original versions are, are great and they hold up just fine. Yes. And, like, I really enjoy watching those. And... But they didn't Man. need to be touched. No, they didn't need to be touched. No. Like, I mean, I I could almost see it, like it wouldn't have bothered me so much if he wouldn't have gone as far as he did. It's like, yeah. okay, you want to touch up some of the explosions? Okay, yeah. Maybe add a few more banthas in the background there. Uh, okay, but then when you're bringing in full CGI characters and like doing new dance numbers and stuff, it's like, what the fuck did you just do? He should be strung up for Jar Jar Binks. Let's let's <laughs> let's face it. How did he get away with that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, he should have been strung up and beaten for that. <laughs> well, it's, I think that that means that there just there were too many yes men around George Lucas at the time. <laughs> yeah. People were like, yeah, this is amazing, George. You're blowing the doors off the genre. It's like no, he needed a friend. Been like it's fucking Jar Jar. No, okay, that's this yeah. character's name, Jar Jar. Nope. <laughs> you can come up with something else make it less silly oh, like, these are going to sell lots of toys and <laughs> money by yeah, royalties that's, that's, yeah that's the thing isn't it sell out yeah, yeah. there's uh... you gotta hand it to him though I mean originally when he had the rights to uh, produce his own toys I mean that's that's what made him the money oh that was a brilliant initially. move and yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Like, yeah I, I want the licensing for the toys and they're like yeah. okay Holy Even shit. though they, when they were making them, they weren't able to get them out in time. <laughs> God, I remember everybody those was taking IOU slips. Yeah, <laughs> I remember playing with those original toys. Like I, I never had them, but like oh. I would go over to either friends' houses that had them or like uh, relatives that had them. And so like I remember playing with the, uh, the the big adats, and um, yeah, my brother had them. Oh, they were so cool. Yeah, my my earliest memories of Star Wars was um, it being on Marble Arch, which is like a, quite a big area in London. It's it's right sort of at the end of Oxford Street. It's called Marble Arch, and um, there was a the main cinema there, the Odeon, and there was this massive sort of life size cutout that they had placed right at the top um, of the building of Darth Vader. I just remember it being there for weeks and weeks and weeks wow. and obviously it was showing there for weeks and weeks and weeks um but that's my earliest memories of storms 
Yeah, I I, caught, I don't think I ever saw him in the theater when I was a kid, but I grew up watching him on VHS. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see them at the cinema. Um, yeah. But my brother, God, he, he had the characters. I remember that he had the Atat. Um, what else did he have? No, I just... Yeah, it was just... Oh, God, it was a different time, wasn't it? It was... <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like being a kid today. Like, with yeah. with the internet and, and being able to have smartphones and shit. Like, oh, it's Scary, just... I think, is the word I would attribute. That's true, too. I mean, there's way too much stuff that that your kids can be exposed to if you're not on top of what, <laughs> what they overwhelming. do in yeah, overwhelming would be another word I would use. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know, yeah, the the internet is a very interesting place. It's Mind you, I think, you know, looking at it from maybe our point of view, yeah, I'm, I'm older than you are, but I think if if you were taking me and putting me into this day and age when I was a child, I think I would find it overwhelming, but children adapt at this you know, in this day and age, they can take on anything, can't they? But it still, still doesn't mean it's the best and right thing to let them have all of this stuff. Because there's also obviously the dark side of all this technology as well, bullying, and yeah, I just I do worry for my own children um, about how much I expose them to in regards to what they're allowed to sort of have yeah. technology-wise. Yeah, well, no. You know, we try our best to put all these procedures in place and all the safety guards, but it's still, it is scary. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and we didn't have that problem, though. No, no, no. I, I, like, God, my first exposure to anything similar to, like, online gaming would have been, like, doing, like, a direct connect modem game of, like, <laughs> like Doom or Duke Nukem 3D or something like that, you know? It's, like, so much different. But in, Did in, you ever in... play Lounge Suit Larry? <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> That was a weird game. to answer the question to be able to play it. <laughs> That's super old. Wow. And then he would have sex and it would, you'd just see these little pixelated boxes. <laughs> That's because that was like the whole point of that game, right? Because he needed to get laid. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That was fucking, that's some uh, weird shit. My sister, who's like 20 years older than me, was absolutely addicted to that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when, when my mom and dad first got a computer. It was in the mid-90s. I remember, like, this is how old it was. It, it had, I think, a 14K modem. It had a 420 <laughs> megabyte hard drive. Wow. Yeah, it, it had, like, we, you know, that was back when we were using, like, the three and a half inch floppy disks. And don't forget the dial-up. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll dial-up internet. Mer- uh, I don't know. You guys obviously wouldn't have had this, but we had, we had a service here called America Online that lots yeah. of people were on. And God, still, I'll see people occasionally that have an at AOL.com email address. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, you might want to just switch to Gmail just, 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 just because, you know? <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> at AOL.com. Oh, my God. Oh. That was back in the days, of, yeah, dial-up internet and like getting in arguments with strangers in chat rooms. And now it's like people <laughs> argue with strangers on fucking Reddit and Facebook comment fields and shit. Yeah, but using a ma- 
using an absolute telephone box because you didn't have a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah. I just, it, it wasn't that long ago, though. No. no. It really wasn't. You and, really never see payphones anymore, really. No, you, know, you don't. You're absolutely right, you don't. <laughs> Do you judge people if you see somebody on one, though? And you're like, wow, <laughs> you're having an affair? Why are you on a fucking phone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy, though. I do sort of take a step back occasionally and just look around and uh, just wherever I go out. I mean, I went into, funny enough, I went into London and I actually went into Harrods department store and I used their powder room and... As I walked in there, there was a lady sitting down using her mobile. There was another woman on her mobile trying to take a selfie by the mirror. Mm-hmm. And there was another woman on her mobile. I was thinking, you sad fucking bitches. <laughs> what is wrong with you? But it's like everywhere. If you go on the tube, um, again, everybody is on their phone. And it's just, oh, everybody's zombies now. And um you know, I, I, I too, I can, I can, hands up, I can be like that um, quite a lot. But there are times when I just need to step away from technology and just have a break because it absolutely does my head in. Um, I, how do you feel about that? Do you ever get to the stage where you're just absolutely so sick of that? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying with that. And I'll notice that too, like if you're in like a waiting room. Or something like that. Like, if you try and talk to another person, they almost look at you like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, well, human interaction. I've always been the type of person to where I can just start talking to a complete stranger and it's not weird to me. But then I'll yeah. be getting vibes from them that it's weird for them. And I'll be like, all right. Yeah. Time to go back to playing solitaire on my phone, I guess. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? So going forward then, how do you think it's going to progress as, as technology and well gets even more sophisticated where do you see us going i don't know i'm 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 assuming do you think we're gonna have inbuilt chips into our heads that's exactly what i was going towards (laughs) is that because right now there's i think it's called a transhumanist movement where people are getting like um like magnets like embedded in their fingertips and shit like that oh like that's kind of like the first step (laughs) fucking seems weird to me um i don't like, I, I see that being a big divide in, in technology, eventually. People who are willing to do that step and be like, okay, yeah, like, let's do something like in the... Like, did you ever see that Total Recall the, when they did that remake with, I think it was with Colin Farrell? Yes. And they yes, had, like, the cell phones that were, like, embedded in their hand. Yeah. Like... It sort of makes you wish that if it ever does get to that stage, you just want a massive EMP to come along and just wipe <laughs> everything out. So we're all back to horses and carriages. <laughs> No, but I don't like with me, like my body has like an allergy to like metal, I think, because like I've never done, I've never done good with any of my piercings that I ever tried to have. I tried to have like, so what, a nickel intolerance or something? Yeah, maybe it's something like that. But I I know my body does not react well to it. Like I I get along okay with my wedding ring, but I have a titanium band. And so I've never had issues with that. But I remember, um, Lindsay, like years and years ago, got me like a, a pinky ring and like my skin broke out under it and it looked like I had poison ivy. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. No, I think that's quite a common one, actually. Yeah. A lot of people suffer from that, I think. That's just bad. it's the mixtures and the metals that they're using, isn't it? 
It's got to be something like that. But yeah, it's yeah. just not tolerated by the skin. Because Either that, or you can tolerate it, but eventually you will build up an intolerance <laughs> for it. Yeah. No, seriously, because I have now. I can't seem to touch coin now. Um, oh, weird. With money, and it, it sort of triggers off one of my fingers, and the skin starts to go weird. It's really strange. But I've been fine for years and years. But um, after a while, I think you do build up intolerance. Or you... you get an intolerance as I say yeah no i've never heard of one where it's like just from holding coins in your hand it, it can mess with you yeah well wow. i used to handle cash sort of every day and then it i noticed it started to get bad and then worse and worse and worse so but i'm in a job where i don't have to deal with money anymore so it's fine <laughs> yeah that's not a bad thing <laughs> mm. <laughs> i did that for years i uh Let's see. So after after that supermarket I worked at, I started working at a convenience store. And so, yeah, that was dealing with lots of, you know, little amounts of cash and stuff all day. I don't miss that shit at all. Yeah. How do you find working with um, customers, though? Um, I've always been really good at it. Like, like, you know, like I said, like, I'm OK with talking to people that I don't know at all. Yeah. Um, I and I, I do a pretty good job of handling people when they're upset like that and you know but i think about like anything if if you get too many people in a row that are treating you like garbage it's hard to it's hard to keep on and having that smile on your face exactly and so i i don't miss having that level of customer service in a job anymore i don't miss that like face to face with people and and dealing well especially like in a convenience store it's like you can deal with some real fucking scumbag people. I, I remember this one dickhead guy. Um, for I think they still do it here where they'll have like a special ticket machine that prints out at the cash register of a supermarket and it makes yeah. store coupons that are specific to the things that you just bought, you know, <laughs> as you were buying groceries. You just reminded me of something. <laughs> Finish your story and then I want to ask you something. Okay. Well, basically, real quick, this. This guy, I was working at a convenience store, and he brought in a supermarket, like, at-the-register printed coupon for, like, uh, chew, like, chewing tobacco. Yeah. And, um, well, a lady came in with it. And so I was like, oh, I'm sorry, it says right here on the coupon, for use at Econo Foods only. You know, I, I can't accept this. And so she paid full price for the can of Copenhagen chew and then left. <laughs> and then a few hours later this real piece of work guy came in. So he was like, he was super old guy and he was like losing his hair, but he had like product in it. He was like way grossly tanned and he had like this gold medallion around his neck and his shirt was unbuttoned <laughs> a bit. And so he had all this like white chest hair <laughs> popping out. And so right away as he walks in, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's so wheels. He, he like comes in and like, I, I think he even had like this gross little like thin pencil mustache and he was like chewing on a toothpick. <laughs> like the guy just looked seedy and gross. Like he looked like he was maybe like a, a producer of low-grade porn or something like that. Getting hot under the collar here. (laughs) (laughs) And so he comes in and he's mad. He comes in and he slams this fucking can of chew down on the counter. And then he's got the the fucking, that stupid coupon with him again. And he starts chewing my ass out that that his wife came in and got that. And and I didn't honor the coupon and I should have honored it. And he wants his money back. And so I'm trying to explain to him, 
I'm like, no, it's it's illegal. Like stores cannot issue returns on alcohol and tobacco. That's a state law. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. You can come back tomorrow and talk to the manager. And so finally, he he got me to the point where I actually yelled at him. <laughs> I was like, you can get the fuck out of this store. I don't want to fucking see you in here again. And so then, you know, call my manager on the phone, tell him about it. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, he tried pulling that shit on me the other day and I didn't honor his coupon either. And so I, I guess happy ending to that was that guy ended up coming back in and the manager said, hey, dude, you're not allowed in here anymore. I don't want your business. Just backed get, you up. Get out that, of here. That's the most important thing, I think, when you've got when you're in a position like that and you yeah. at least have your um, superior backing you up sort of thing. I think that's the most important thing because when you don't have that in your work, it's just like, why the fuck do I bother? (laughs) Yeah, well, that guy had been like basically working in a convenience store like his whole life. Like he started off when he was a kid, like being a cashier and then eventually got to the point where he was a manager. And then so that was like his career was like a convenience store manager. So he'd seen it all. He had your back. And he absolutely had the backs of the people on his crew. Yeah. He, he had a very good bullshit detector and he, he could tell when I talked to him on the phone that I was pretty upset and he knew that it takes a lot to get me to the point where like, yeah. where I will lose my cool in like, in, in front, especially in front of a customer, because like, I've always taken like jobs that I have like very seriously. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like if somebody's paying me for, for my time and they expect me to, to do, you know, set tasks and stuff, I'm going to do them to the best of my ability, whether it's fucking mopping a floor or you know, doing something mm-hmm. else like that. You know, I take that stuff seriously. And and he knew it, but fuck, there's... Whenever I see help wanted signs in convenience stores, I'm like, nope, never, ever, ever again. Like, no <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> it's bloody hard work. It yeah. is hard work. Yeah. But so now I'm the person where if somebody's giving somebody a hard time in line, and I can see that the cashier's like wanting to say... To oh, Yeah. Yeah. The amount of times where I've pissed off a complete stranger, where I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? Do you know what? I don't know. Oh, well, you're not going to be able to agree with this on any level because you're not <laughs> a woman. But after when I got pregnant with my son, the strangest thing happened. I don't know if it was because I had testosterone coursing through my body, <laughs> but it got really, it got really weird because I would be, I wouldn't say I was a pushover in my younger years, but I wouldn't really sort of get into many confrontations with people just because I didn't like it but I found once I was pregnant with my son (laughs) nobody could push me around (laughs) it's the strangest thing and it's not that I was looking for sort of fights with anything but I can sort of now and it's it's lasted since I've had my son I, I can't be pushed around anymore and it might be an age thing I might just obviously hit my 40s and it's like no I'm just not going to put up with shit anymore but it's really really bizarre and I don't know what happened I'll have to ask my husband his opinion on it but yeah just won't put up with crap anymore and I don't know what do you think do you think you get to a certain age where you just think no I'm not going to tolerate this crap anymore I think it can definitely be an age thing because um, I was much more likely to not say things when I was yeah. younger and like, yeah, me too. okay. So like last weekend, me and I was, I was taking my eight year old to a birthday party. And so we had to stop at, at a local store to, to pick up a gift card for the, mm. for the party. Cause it was kind of, we weren't sure what the weather was going to do. And so we weren't sure if he was going to be able to go or not. And so anyway, got one thing in our hands, right. And we are walking up towards this one lane that's open 
and this girl goes power walking past me, jumps in line, and then turns around, looks past me, and goes, come on, come on, come on. And then this other girl comes running up with a whole cart full of groceries and gets in line in front of me. And I look down at the one thing I have in my hand, and I look up and I make eye contact with this girl, and I go, I have one fucking thing. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? And then, like, she just, like, immediately, like, turned her head away. And wow. like, I looked down at Liam and I said, dude, I appreciate that you're here with me because I would have made a scene <laughs> if you weren't. I was like, so you stopped me. Like, I was so um, mad. I might have gone like all the way to like C-bomb. <laughs> like, I just like said the most horrible thing possible. I want to hear the cashier gasp when she overhears what no, I just called this person. <laughs> I'm not that. I haven't got to that stage oh, yet. <laughs> oh, my. I was so I will, I angry that somebody. I could you imagine doing that to I another person? I will call somebody though? out. I'll call somebody out if they've done something wrong. I won't. I won't sort of go to the name calling part. But I will call somebody out on it. But the funny thing is, I know how I was when my father used to start, and I used to feel so embarrassed, like yeah. absolutely just oh my god, just you know, if the earth could have swallowed me up, I would have been happy. <laughs> but when these situations happen these days. And my 12-year-old daughter is usually with me. And I'll look at her and I'll remember my 12-year-old self and I'll think, oh, God, you know, I've probably embarrassed her. And she just isn't batting an eyelid. She's like, hasn't phased her whatsoever. So I'm like, okay, that's quite cool then. <laughs> it hasn't worried her. <laughs> Either that or she's just used to be kicking off. <laughs> No, I like, oh, here I, she goes again. <laughs> I, I've been around friends before where like I have friends that'll like really speak their mind like that. Like I remember I was with this one buddy of mine one time and we were at Walmart and do, do they have like the little hot hands things for winter over there where it's like, I, I know of them but okay, yeah, they're yes. not they're not big over here. Yeah, it looks like a like a, it's a little packet with like sand yeah. in it and you shake it up, it gets warm. Well so we yeah. wanted to get some of those because we were going out hiking in the cold. And and he's like looking at the selection that they have in Walmart, which is like, you know, do you know what Walmart is? Yes. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> I love your Walmart. I've been over to the States, yeah. And it's like the best fucking shop I've ever been into in my life. <laughs> and it's like the only place you can go in to buy a pair of flip flops or a gun. <laughs> yes, you just described Walmart perfectly. And so you get lots of interesting people there, lots of interesting employees as well. And so he's standing there looking at all these hand warmers in this like yeah. old guy. I mean, this guy was old. He was so old. It was like, why are you working old? And <laughs> like, oh my God, he goes walking by and my buddy's like, hey, do you have any other hand warmers in here than this? And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. This is all we're going to have here. And he's like, really? You tell me in all of Walmart, all of Walmart, this is the best you can do. Just this crap selection here. And I'm like. I'm sure this wasn't the guy who orders the hand warmers, bro. <laughs> Why are you yelling at this guy? <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, see, this is I'll fucking only, ridiculous. I'll, <laughs> I'll only shout at somebody when they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of those moments where I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed here. I don't, don't know what to do. I don't think I would have yelled at this guy. <laughs> There are other times when you see somebody like getting like what needs to be told to him and you're like get that like, feeling of satisfaction inside yeah. you're like yeah tell him bro <laughs> <laughs> fucking tell those morons <laughs> I 
there's nothing better than watching what I call car crash TV oh. when it's just <laughs> when it's just something so you just want the ground to swallow you up just watching it from from a viewer's point of view. <laughs> Right. And it's so squir oh you're squirming so much. <laughs> but no, it, you just can't look away, can you? It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some like prank shows and stuff like that where some of the stuff they make people do, I'm like, this is hard to watch. Uh, I don't know if I could do it. I'm too uncomfortable. I can imagine oh. having to be in those shoes. The thing I wanted to ask you about though was yeah. couponing. <laughs> okay, yeah. That looked amazing. <laughs> You don't have coupons over there? No. What? God, I wish we fucking did. What we do, they're like pissy, like a penny off, like a product. You know, they're fucking shit. But you, you're like, fucking, if you get it right, you get your whole fucking shop free. Yeah. Like, well, oh, have you ever seen those man, like, extreme so couponing shows? Well, I like, would totally be an oh. extreme couponer. <laughs> yeah, you got like this lady with a fucking spreadsheet out. <laughs> She's got like one of those accordion files that's like full of coupons and she's got it all planned out. She's got like another thing that's a map of the store. Oh, man. <laughs> and like she ends up at the end of like, you know, she has like six cartloads of groceries. Yeah. And then the Stop cashier. Piling, I think it's called. The cashier <laughs> just went through like 10,000 coupons and then pays them back $400. <laughs> it's like, how did you do that? Like, uh, like, if you can do that with your intellect, what could you be doing for the good of the planet? Instead, you have a fucking basement that has pallet racking in it, and you're not going to run out of toilet paper until 2037. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, what, what would have happened if that mind would have gotten into physics? <laughs> oh, fuck. They'd like reverse oh, global warming. knows if we were living out there kirby would not mind if i got into it in a big way <laughs> he'd be building you shelving <laughs> <laughs> but he wouldn't be complaining <laughs> oh man oh that's too funny oh god i'm crying <laughs> oh oh so while I had all that time off from the show, I started thinking about things, and I was thinking that one of the things would be fun to do would be to ask, like, three questions of every guest, and <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to look at those much when I texted them to you. Yes, I did, actually. Okay, so the first one I got on my list here is, if you could travel back in time and give your teenage self a piece of advice, what would it be? <sighs> the first piece of advice would be not to care so much what other people think i'm not talking about family and close friends and, and people's opinions who you actually you know appreciate and matter but i'm talking about people that you don't know so much um not being so worried about making an ass out of yourself um i think that would be a piece of advice because i think it holds you back when you worry so much um about what other people think you're absolutely um, right. I can abs I can totally relate to that. And the second, I there was not there was another. Um, if there's something you want to do, no matter what it is, obviously if it's not going to hurt somebody, 
then go for it. I don't think you're ever too old um, to try and do something that you want to do, whether it's acting or whether it's, you know, changing your career and just going off tangent and doing something completely different. Um, I don't think you should ever corner yourself into thinking that it's too late for you. I think you should do it. I think that's 100% right. That would be my two bits of advice to my younger self. Yeah, that's for sure. Those are re- those are really really good answers. <laughs> I thought about this, and uh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I think I would definitely like say the first one. Like that was one of the first things that I had gravitated to with that question. Also, is that I think I spent way too much of my younger years, like probably from like middle school on, like being like way too concerned with. I don't know, just just like the opinions of like my peer group and it, mm-hmm. even just conceived opinions of people. I, I think a lot of people kind of build up like a, a, I don't want to call it a fantasy, but it'd almost be like a, a narrative of sorts that the world works in. And then they make certain assumptions on things. And, you know, I, I think that that's a pretty fair assessment mm-hmm. to say a lot of people do that. And so it would be so liberating to just be free of that. And, Sorry. and I think that is something that you have to live through to get to be older and then kind of looking at decisions and stuff you made in hindsight and saying, wow, that was what a waste of energy. Well, what did they say? Uh, youth, youth is wasted on the young. Is <laughs> exactly. that the expression? But it's true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I always like, especially when I was at like the height of like going out and climbing and stuff the most, I used to always think, fuck, I wish I had discovered this when I was, <laughs> you know even like younger than a teenager like what would that have been like but who knows maybe then i'd burnt out on it before i even turned 20 <laughs> yeah possibly possibly you, you never know but um uh, do you think things happen for a reason do you think you know yeah. things happen when they're supposed to happen yeah i i think that that's that can definitely be the case um I think it's also one of those things where you need to keep your eyes open in the present to like not miss an opportunity when it goes by. Um, yeah. Kind of like with what you were saying, you know, if there's something you want to do, you know, jump on it, seize it, make it happen. Yeah. Um, I think it can be really easy to, to hide behind thinking like, oh, you know, maybe the, the timing's not right for that. And it's like, well, it's, maybe that's part of someone being stuck in their own narrative and, and not realizing that they need to jump on it when it happens. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's the beauty of sort of getting to, well, my age now. I sort of think, oh, fuck it. You know, if there's something I want to do, I'll do it. You know, and you do, you just go for it more, I think. Yeah. Um, I know. But I think, I think it is, well, it's hindsight to a certain degree, isn't it? But it's also the fact that you're more weathered, as it were. and (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to put it to put it in a way um but you you've just seen a lot more and you've done a lot more and you've just figured things out you've had the time to mull things over haven't you yeah time is like the greatest perspective of all definitely you know, time time plus experience yeah like it, it can give you if you if you're looking at things objectively it, it should give you a pretty good narrative of what the truth should have been mm but oh. uh, 
So the other another question then was, if you could meet anybody from any time period, including fictional characters, who would it be? Do you know what? I had a really hard time with this question, um, and it wasn't it wasn't the non-fiction side of things because I've got an answer for that. Um, sorry, it wasn't the fiction side of things; it was the non-fiction, so actual real person. Um, who would I want to meet? I mean, you could sort of go for the easy sort of like if you're sort of religious in any way and you want to sort of go back to the beginning. I'm sure a lot of people would give the answer of Jesus maybe or something. But for me, the only person I could sort of think of was Abraham Lincoln. Oh, um, that's a good one. I've, I've got an absolute love of your history um, and an absolute admiration um, for Abraham Lincoln, um, so much so that our son, one of his middle names is Abraham. He's actually named after two American presidents. Really? One that followed, yeah, one that followed the other actually, Abraham and Ulysses. So, as in Ulysses S. Grant. Um, That's really incredible. <laughs> he probably won't thank me when he gets married and <laughs> he's in church and he's having, you know, the, the vicar says his name. In full, um, but yeah, his his two middle names are um, Abraham and Ulysses. Um, Abraham Lincoln was an incredible man, and he changed so much of your history. Um, and yeah, I mean, get the Gettysburg Address. Um, you know, I, obviously, I'm not American, but I do have an appreciation, and I've always sort of admired and almost been quite jealous of how passionate Americans have always been about their politics. Um, leaving present day aside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ugly. These days. I, I, I know what you mean by that statement, though. But especially in sort of the days where, you know, you sort of obviously you referred to the term of Camelot for Kennedy. Um mm -hmm. But there was this sort of great love and admiration. And you've, I hope you don't take this in the wrong way, but I've always found sort of Americans to have almost a childlike innocence in their love of and, and wanting to believe the best in everything and everyone. And I think that's, that's definitely included upon or was included upon your politics as well. Um, and sort of looking sort of this side of the pond, you know, we'd never ever fucking believe anything a politician says. Um, but you guys, you, you have had some historically, you've had some very admirable leaders of your country and, uh, Abraham Lincoln was certainly one of those. Um, so yes, he was, he was the, uh, non-fictional person that I'd like to have met. Fictional wise. <laughs> this will probably make you laugh, but I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. And uh, Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> I was hoping me, you were going to say Dumbledore. That's amazing. Yeah. Albus Dumbledore, for me, would be the character I would most absolutely love to meet. Um, obviously, you've got this massive intellect and this very kind heart, but also this un very unassuming man who has got this absolutely wonderful sense of humour, even through the dark times. Um, 
just an incredible wit. Um, so yeah, Albus Dumbledore for me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Both of those answers are really great. Oh, um, good. <laughs> uh, t- touching on what you said meant. with um, with uh, uh, Lincoln's speeches, that really does harken back to a time when when politics was like spoken so eloquently. Yes. Like the the speeches and stuff were like a lot of Lincoln's speeches were really really incredible. But both of those characters, whether it's okay, one's fictional, one's not, they were both humble. And I think for me personally, I think that's such an admirable quality, especially for a man to have, especially for a man in with power. Um, I think it's one of the most amazing attributes anybody could have yeah i've i've always been grossed out by like an out of control ego yeah and that's i could i could give a lot of reasons why i don't like our current president here in the states oh i could i could give some (laughs) too but like one of the biggest ones is not my place i'm i'm an english i'm an english woman so i won't i won't even delve into that but yeah Uh, i can see I can see why you say that. Yeah, I mean that—that's one of the grossest ones to me—is the the intense ego, because yeah. I I think ego is the story that you tell about yourself, and it's not necessarily true in any way. In the in the more you reinforce that, and the more you know toxic it can become, is yeah. it's it's frightening to me, especially in, in people that are in positions of great power like that. I I would much mm. rather see somebody who's humble and somebody. Who has the the patience and the intelligence to calmly exactly. assess the the information at hand? Exactly. And, yeah. I, I've gotten to a point where I don't even follow a lot of the politics stuff here anymore because all it does is make me really upset. And it's like, exactly. I, it's like I've the done next, exactly the yeah. same thing. Well, it's I like can't look the, at it anymore. When the next rounds of elections go go, you know, come come by, like. I, I already know I'm going to be participating on it. I already have a pretty good idea of what things are really important to me to vote for, like what I want to see candidates supporting and stuff. And and I the, the biggest thing that troubles me right now coming out of the White House is is Trump's inability to address like the atmosphere of hate that's going on in the country. I don't, I don't like where anytime white supremacists are involved in things, he's not immediately denouncing it. Unfortunately, it does from an outsider's point of view, it does look like it has all stemmed from the Charlottesville. um, um, Oh yeah. The Tiki torch marches. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was fucked up. It's all stemmed from there, unfortunately. Um, But I, I guess I can also understand that from where he's coming from, that's like a big part of his base. But then it's like, fuck, how did I don't understand the, the independents that then vote for that, that are like, oh, well, well, I don't support the guy. But but it's like, but he's he doesn't denounce neo-Nazis. It's like whenever you find yourself on the same side as neo-Nazis, yeah. you need to fucking take a step back and be like, hmm, like just, and I think just that's... voting for for a Republican because it's a Republican. It's, <sighs> but that's, that's the most important thing it's still within the generations that are alive that have memories of world war Two and all the atrocities yeah sorry, it's just gone off my phone all the atrocities that happened it's it's still within you know the memories of, of people that are still alive yeah 
and, yeah, and if you can't learn if you can't learn from those sort of lessons that's that's incredibly worrying that, that is absolutely true like you know the, the you're doomed, doomed to repeat history if you don't learn the exactly. lessons that, exactly. that were taught by it but yeah. um I, I know we're running short on time here so i'll, I'll be asking that last question real quick what would you mm. do with one billion dollars <laughs> oh christ <laughs> this is my favorite question <laughs> oh christ because it's such a ludicrous amount of money okay how much oh, right so just in my mind a call, billion call, call a what bill- does that equate to in millions how many millions is a billion uh so uh so a mil- hundred million yeah like 999 yeah know. so it's a hundred there you go million isn't it it's it's the okay. next big tier up <laughs> <laughs> so oh. a, a million would be a one with six zeros right and so a billion would be a one with what, eight zeros or nine zeros um apart from obviously paying off my own debts and my family and loved ones <laughs> and friends you know fucking hell you know what can you do with that yes you can do the whole fucking selfish route buy an island or something which might be actually a good idea with all the world politics at the moment buy your own fucking island and it doesn't matter the rest of the world can go to hell <laughs> but that's not the answer i'm going to give um it would have to be to uh, how much is world debt i mean you can look at paying off world debt you can look at i think a billion would be a drop in the bucket (laughs) yeah it probably would but i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't feel the need to keep the majority of that money maybe a little bit to live on but the majority of that and i am talking about 99.9 percent of that would be given away nice you'd Um, you'd take the philanthropist route for sure yeah definitely i mean i don't think it i really really trust me i really don't think it buys you happiness I don't think it would buy happiness either. I, re- I really don't. I, but I, I think it can solve a lot of people's problems. And I think that would be the way to go, just to see the happiness in other people's faces. That's a really good point. You know? It does feel good to do good things for other people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. This is funny. When I wrote that question, too, I'm like, I'm like, this is a stupid amount. I'm like, maybe I should have made it smaller. It's like, nah, fuck it. Let's, let's go with this for a while and see how it goes. <laughs> Uh, but I, I know our time is running out quick here. Um, you, you've got a hard out coming up here. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we can kind of wrap this up, but I, I had an awesome time talking with you. I'm so glad that, that you were patient with me <laughs> and waiting for it to come back. And I'm so sorry that, that our, uh, that our other recording was lost. That was absolutely just crushing. <laughs> it's fine, Joe. I mean it. If this one gets lost, I'm coming after you with that fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's been in the back of my mind help. every once in a while i've glanced down at like the timer i'm like it's still moving the, the light is red this Yay. Th- this the test recording oh. worked the test recording worked <laughs> didn't you say that the last time i don't think we did a test recording i never did before with that other one uh, oh. i'm such a fucking amateur. no it's been a, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure oh fantastic um so yeah, until next time, this has been Starkcast. 
If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening.